Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Corazon Chronicles, the podcast that dives into the captivating stories of Latinx and BIPOC people who've triumphed in the realm of love and relationships. On this show, we're unraveling the secrets behind successful relationships and discussing how our unique blend of culture, heritage, and personal experiences shape our love stories. Through engaging interviews and insightful conversations, the Corazon Chronicles celebrates the diversity and resilience of love. We're diving into topics like communication, trust, sex, intimacy, and personal growth to help you navigate your own romantic journeys. Whether you're single, in a relationship, or just a hopeless romantic, this podcast will inspire you with real-life stories of people who are forging their own paths in the realm of love. Join us on this heartfelt exploration as we uncover the keys to thriving in partnership. Catch new episodes of the Quarter Zone Chronicles each and every Wednesday and embark on a transformative journey that celebrates the triumphs, challenges, and enduring power of love. Welcome back to another episode of Quarter Zone Chronicles. In today's episode, we're getting into toxicity and why it's attractive. Also, our own personal past relationships, and we're going to identify the toxicity, like the toxic characteristics of each one and kind of see what we're attracted to and why that was attractive. (laughs) I'm already triggered and we haven't even started this conversation. Oh God. How do we, where do we start, babe? Where do we start? I don't know. I, uh, I think that just given the age difference, I think that you've probably been in more serious relationships than I've been. I think my number would be three total. So, so mine's four. Okay. So then you go, I go and so on. Okay, so since you've outed me in the fact that there is an age gap here, maybe let's talk about that. No, no, we're gonna save that for the we're gonna save that for the face reveal. They have okay. to wait for that. 
All right. So my four relationships were my high school boyfriend, who was my first boyfriend, and that was at 15. As it should be. 15 to 18. And then I went off to college and had one boyfriend that we dated like a year and a half. And then the second boyfriend, which ended up becoming my husband. Hey. And so now you're number four. Okay. Which is ironic because I am the fourth. Yes, you are. Maybe that's too revealing. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe we cut that out. Okay. No. Okay. Fine. So you've had three relationships. So what time span has this happened for you? Right. So my first one was high school as well. Um, I was older. So I think I was 16. She was 14. Um, I know that she was a grade younger than me. So, but anyway, so that was the first one. That was like two years. And then um, fast forward, I'm 20. And that's my second relationship out of three. And that one lasted um, like six, six and a half years. And then the third one, which is the most recent, and that one was a COVID relationship. So shouts out to all you guys out there that have experienced, I mean, either ongoing COVID relationships or toxic as fuck, you know, COVID relationships, because that was a... uh, very special time for that was all of a us. thing apparently. Oh, like I know several yeah. people who got into relationships specifically. I think because oh, yeah. it's like, oh, if the world's gonna end, I don't want to die alone. Well, I mean, if this doesn't <laughs> tell you how COVID affected it in the first place, this this specific ex was a neighbor of mine. Oh fuck! That we met about three months into COVID <laughs> at the at the pool of the apartment complex because everything you know it was shut down. So yeah. Anyway, so that one was. That uh, was like two years and some change. Okay. So for me, I definitely will say that I'm a serial relationship person where I don't, I don't haven't been single for more than, I think maybe like nine months is the longest span for me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just like being in love. <laughs> and what about yeah. you? I, I, I'm the exact same way, honestly. I mean, it's like... I've always wanted to be in a relationship. I think probably that goes back to my parents' story and stuff like that. But um, I've, I'm a Virgo, so <clears throat> I'm giving out all kinds of personal information right now, which is crazy. But anyways, yeah, so I, I'm a lover, right? And I, I love to I love to love. I love to receive love. I love to give it. And that's always been, you know, usually, like, I, I think the longest I've been single in my 20s was, my God. I think the longest I've been single in my family was maybe six to eight months. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was in between two relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then, um, God, yeah, I just lost train of thought thinking about the fact that I spent my entire twenties in a relationship. So, well, so did I. <laughs> That's all to that. So did I. I mean, um, it doesn't mean I wanted to be a hoe, but I mean, hey, it's like you know. Yeah, I mean, I met my ex-husband when. I was 20, he was 21, and we were together until I was 37. So I spent almost two decades with the same person, which like looking back at him, like, first of all, how the fuck does that much time pass by? And especially when you're in something toxic, but we're going to get into kind of like how those blinders, you know, make you tolerate shit that like you never would have thought you'd tolerate. Um, I think for me, honestly, he fumbled the bag. <laughs> he fumbled the bag. He sure did. And I'm um, flipping and tumbling it. I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. I'm just going to leave that in there, but I'm just going to say. I'm here for this energy. He babe. fumbled the bag. And I just got to do my whole little thing with it. So, 
Um, you know, for me, I think honestly, part of the reason why I've been a perpetual relationship person is probably not for the best reasons. I think some of it definitely comes from, I think, especially as women, like there's so much pressure for us to find the person mm. and be like, you know, not be a hamona. You, you know what a hamona is, babe? Mm-mm. Okay. So in Puerto Rico, and I don't know if this is like the case in other Latin countries, but a uh, hamona is like the equivalent of an old maid. Was like a woman who's like past her prime and still single, oh. and you know, so she's like, oh, the the leftovers. So Hamona translates into like female Jeez, pig. You said leftovers. That's yeah. toxic, right there. But it literally translates to female pig or fe- female ham. Damn. So it's like once you hit a certain age and you're like that last cousin or whatever that's not married, like everybody starts talking shit and they're just like, oh, well, you there's know, there's got to be something wrong. Yeah, there's got to be something wrong. She's going to end up living with her parents for the rest of her life. Yeah. So we definitely have that pressure, I think, as Latinas to like settle down and find your man. And I came from a household where like my parents were legitimate high school sweethearts. Like they met at 16. They got fucking married at 21. It was like they have the notebooks type story. And so I always was, I think, subconsciously on that pursuit. But I think also part of why I place so much value in being in relationships is because I was bullied as a kid. And like, for whatever reason, that made me feel like once I got that boyfriend, Mm -hmm. I was desirable. You have somebody's like undivided attention. Yeah. Like you're, you're pretty enough for somebody you're desirable. And so I think I definitely internalized that. Like if you're in a relationship, you are of more value as a woman. And so I think that definitely kept me like in that pursuit. Okay. So first thing I want to dive into with that, um, that kind of resonated with me was um, talking about being the hump. What did you call it? The hamona. Hamona, right? I wanted to say hamon, like I'm talking about well, seasoning. Well, that's but... the male version. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so hamona. I mean, I've never heard. Nobody talks shit about a single man who's like just playing the fucking well, I was, field. I, so I was just going to get into that. Yeah. So I felt. I felt a little bit of uh, a little bit of connection to that just because I am there. I am. Yeah. But I am, I'm a younger man. Right. And I've never been married and I've never had kids. Right. Like not, uh, never had like a close call. (laughs) You dodged the bullets. Yeah. 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 For sure. Like never even like, you know, had any close calls or anything. You've never even been engaged. No, never. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, And I've had several conversations, like, um, even with my therapist about it was just like, you know, am I damaged goods? Like, is, Mm. is, you know, am I like, am I going to start to throw up red flags for other people? Um, and this is obviously back when I was dating, but I was like, you know, I think that obviously like going back to what you were saying, women have the stigma, right? So I know that as a man, um, having been in the dating pool at, at, at my age or whatever, I'd see these women that are the same age as me. And it's, I get this underlining feeling or questioning of like, you know, let's peel back the layers and find out what's going on in here, you know? Cause like, especially if she's gorgeous and stuff, it's like, okay. And then if she's gorgeous and she can have a conversation. Okay. So now we're, we're two layers in. Okay. Where, where did this, like, where does the train fall off the rails with this? Like, like this, why is she single? Yeah. Like something like that. And I feel okay. like people would feel the same way about me just um, because of like, you know, how I carry myself, the way I have conversation, you know, and how deep I am, stuff like that. So I feel like, Obviously, everybody has their own reasonings and their own path and stuff, but I do I do kind of sympathize with that a little bit because it's like everybody's story is not the same. So it's like, I know it might be like, well, that dude must be toxic or, you know, it's got some type of shortcoming or something, you know, and it's, um, 
I don't know. Anyways, I just felt something with that. So shouts out to all you guys out there that made it this far. And <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you. So don't go down that path. No. And, you know, I think it's honestly probably fair to say that a significant amount of people kind of settle for what they have because they're afraid of like the unknown. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I know I definitely have done that multiple times in relationships because just like it's almost like the devil, you know, versus the devil you don't. Mm. Um, and I think. um Society in general, especially now that like, you know, I started dating again in the era of dating apps, whereas in the past, like you would just, I mean, we met in college. My, I met my ex-husband in college. So it was like, it was a very social environment. It's a great way to meet a lot of people, your fraternities and all that shit. Um, I think people just have like way less of an attention span for relationships now. And that probably contributes to why you see people that are single at older ages than maybe what we were used to seeing with our parents and stuff. I mean, it goes back to what my abuela told me a long time ago, right? And this is coming from the man that left my grandmother to be with another woman and like left the kids, like left her the house, like remodeled the house before he left while like everybody (laughs) knew he was leaving. Crazy, crazy, like here's everything, I'm out. I mean, I don't even know what that must be like, but um, he's always had this phrase that stuck with me was that like, there's always somebody else. Mm. And he's he's also had another thing where he's like, no matter how attractive the person is, there's always someone who's tired of dealing with their bullshit, right? So there's like these two things that I I hear from him and they're true to a sense because like if you look around, you do see that, you know, you see the frustration and like it might be the prettiest person at the gym, male or female, right? And, you know, you'd be like, man, um, you know, gosh, I mean, they must have everything going on or whatever. But then some somewhere in their life, somewhere the past or whatever there's someone who's like i would never even go out to dinner with that person mm-hmm. again because it's like i already there's know history there yeah exactly right yeah. so it's insane i don't know yeah i think it's really easy to like you know form a whole story about a hu- who a human being is based on like a five second you know physical yeah. appearance and that's in our dna though i mean yeah. that's self-preservation 101 well and that's know? how we and date too right judgment is like you have to judge a situation just like you have to judge a person like i mean our life the way it is now we judge people based on what our current like today like day-to-day threats are and and, you know our life being so soft and it's like a nerf world now right so like we get to judge people based on what they wear or how they carry themselves or their whatever they do their social media yeah like versus the fact that they have like a fucking spear or something you know what i mean like what do you guys just like you know it's true yeah and i think um you know in this society women are definitely and maybe, yeah, I definitely speak for myself, but I know other women who feel the same way where it's like, we approach men as like something that's dangerous. Like you're dangerous until you prove that you're not. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just kind of how the society that we live in is. It's just like women should fear men because y'all are like, you know, the pro- the powerful sex and whatever. Well, but- that stems from like the, the caveman days too, mm-hmm. you know, and it also stems from like the Great Depression days, all that stuff too. It's like, you know, we have to go back and actually really understand that it wasn't until like, it wasn't until like World War II when all the men were off 
like fighting the war that the women actually got to step up and show that they could run these factories they could actually mm -hmm. be innovative like that was the turning point like that's when we saw the lady on the the poster that said you could do it like yep. and that was and that was literally what one person ago right like yeah. one one grandparent ago that that just happened yeah. and here we are like totally on the flip side it's insane so to go back into what you were saying earlier about us choosing long-term relationships you were talking about the bullying and stuff like that um were you being bullied by was it men. like it was just men yeah and it so, was about physical appearance okay and, and then like how i dressed and then did you turn that into like i'm gonna get bad and then like i'm gonna try to go after these like like how did you come to terms with that or did that come later on in life once like you because i'm sure that men have come to you i mean just like i came to you and i was like man this is this woman is beautiful so you're cute no. But I was a late bloomer. I would definitely say that. I don't think I started like kind of finding my. I don't know. I've seen some pictures like when you were younger and like not on any pedophile or anything, <laughs> but I mean, you know. I didn't feel pretty. I think one of the turning points for me was getting my glasses, like not wearing glasses anymore and wearing contacts. I always like felt super fucking self-conscious about wearing glasses. By the way, that is one thing I need to see you in. I've, I've let you no. wear my glasses that I have for work, but I need to see you like in some like actual library glasses. I hate wearing glasses. I feel like it definitely just brings me back to like being the fucking nerd that like no boy wanted. I'm working on the trauma. Don't oh, worry. Um, oh, Lord. So it was definitely... Um, definitely getting my glasses off, getting my braces off and like my body kind of filling out. I definitely didn't have like a booty until high school. Well, you definitely stopped growing in height <laughs> in like fourth grade, right? Yeah, I think so by 16, I was done. <laughs> by 16, I was done. The boobs were going to be what they were going to be. The hey. butt was going to be what it was going to be. But I started developing a reputation for having a big butt. So my I nickname mean, in high school was J-Lo. Let's go. You know, and that I think I started realizing like, oh, we'll have something like mm -hmm. that boys want. Yeah. Um, but that made you feel good though, right? Like it gave you some boost yeah, in confidence. You right? got some swag. I think it definitely stepped up for me. Like when I went to college, like my freshman year, I was single for probably like the majority of freshman year. And I had broken up with my high school boyfriend. So it was like the first time that I got to not only like be in a completely different environment with people that I didn't have established relationships right, with, right? Start. So there was no none of this like there's history here. Yeah, yeah I could absolutely. Uh -huh. That was college was where I found myself, where I found my confidence, just like where I got to reinvent who I was. And I definitely began to like understand the power that women have to uh, get what we want out of men. I swear if I was a female, I've always said this, but I swear if I was a female, I would be, I would, no, I mean, it's literally like that movie that's like, uh, what is it? Like think like a man, act like a woman. Yeah. I would be in that. I swear I'd be in that shit so bad. I'd be out here already. I'd be three condos deep. <laughs> I'd be three condos paid for deep. Oh my God. I yeah. swear. I never thought that big, but not, I probably should have. What do know? people say? Uh, what do they say? Whenever like a really speaking facts, they're like, yeah, on mom. Yeah. On mom. Yeah. <laughs> no cap. On gang. On gang. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So when did you kind of start coming into like your confidence with dating? Like, do, do you think like you were always confident as a man or? Um, well, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, just yeah. you and I. Um, but that's always been, I, I dealt with a little bit of bullying. Um, but whenever I encountered the bullying, um, obviously, you know, as a, as a, as a boy, you have to fight. Right. And then, you know, 
after the fighting, it kind of dies down. Um, but my <clears throat> being being the only boy on my mom's side, uh, which is the Latin, the Latin side, and uh, the only grandson and all that stuff, I I, I was always told that I was, you know, a beautiful man and, and I was going to grow up to be, you know, a good, strong, you know, good person and everything like that. And so I was always kind of given boost of confidence throughout that. And then um, a huge uh, boost of confidence for me um, being raised with my dad was just always trying to like make my dad proud. Right. So I, I played football and, you know, race motocross, all that stuff and excelled at those sports. And, um, I did the ROTC and stuff like that as well too. So I, I was just kind of always in these roles of like having to be confident. You have to be confident to, you know, be safe on the, on the, on the, on the dirt bike whenever you're racing, like you have to have the confidence in the bike in yourself. Um, same thing with football. You have to have the confidence in your team. You have to have the confidence to even wear the Jersey to school, like get tackled and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, all of that just yeah. kind of like, you know, comes with the territory. And then the same thing with RTC, you know, the, the confidence with that as well too. But um, I, I never really dealt with uh, not being confident too much. Uh, there's definitely certain things and obstacles that I've come across that I felt the size of like a raisin, you know, like mm. no confidence at all. Um, you know, whether it was business or, or whatever, just life circumstances and stuff like that things i've never been through but but um, you've never had problems getting girls that's what you're saying i guess in a roundabout <laughs> way not to be like conceited though like not conceited like, i I'm mean not he's cute y'all he's I'm cute i'm gonna give him his flowers because like you're beautiful to look at it's so. always been the conversation for me though right and we but, we talked about the three date rule yeah the and let's, rule. let's get into that but one thing i do want to say is that i think there is uh there's attractiveness bias right like some people are just gonna have an easier time like fucking dating just because of how you physically look do you think that because you are by society's definitions an attractive man mm -hmm. that it's been harder for you to find people that take you seriously because yes. they just look at you like you're a fuck boy that can yeah. get anybody yeah that's been like the biggest battle um, especially dealing with any, any type of like dating apps and stuff like that, you know, and the only reason I really dealt with the dating apps is because I moved from my hometown, um, to where we are now, um, to be closer to family. And then, so that kind of uprooted my social network, right. In a sense, my dating pool or whatever. Um, so I kind of had to rely on coworkers or whatever the case was. And then um, whenever I got out of that, that relationship, the first one, um, well, I guess the second one technically, but the first one as an adult, I mean, I was, you know, I didn't really have a big, you know, group of friends or anything like that. I wasn't really going out. So I had to kind of rely on those things. But um, that's always been a thing of like being unapproachable or not unapproachable in a, in a, I'm a very average, I'm very, very average, but it's just like, I don't know if it's like my energy and stuff. I'm very lackadaisical. I'm very open and, and people can sit back from afar and see me interact with other people and see that I'm a cool, easygoing guy. Like I don't really have, I don't like, I, I don't know. I don't really have toxic energy, you know, that I kind of, especially once I talk to people and they're like, Oh my God, I thought you were like, you know this like you said fuck you have boy. the male version of resting bitch face yeah i guess right <laughs> and it's like i don't know it's tough and they're also trying to figure out like what my heritage is and stuff mm. they're like was this guy fucking saudi arabian like he got fucking <laughs> oil money is like what is this guy? so you're a mystery and people are intrigued by it 
Yeah, and like people are are afraid to come in and talk to me and stuff sometimes, and it kind of sucks because I'm so cool to talk to. I love to hear, I love to hear people's stories, and I love to like, you know, kind of dive into like how people think about certain things. You you're know? definitely so, a people person. Yeah, like once people get to know me, they're like they warm up and they're like, oh my god, like I don't even know. It's almost like. Yeah. You know going off the i don't know like i don't know it's just like once you do something for the first time it's like scary and you're like oh god that's so scary then once you do it you're like oh my god this is fun yeah it's kind of like that feeling i've know? definitely gotten like feedback that i'm intimidating um how did you feel on our first day did you feel intimidated i mean obviously we had been talking and stuff like no that, i didn't but... feel intimidated but i think yeah. i also like i know i'm a bag to catch so you know <laughs> and what am i doing with that bag um Put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> oh my god! Let's go! Um, I am so here for this energy. <laughs> I am so here for this. But it wasn't always like that, and I think you know, um, being you know divorced and like coming back into the dating game in like my late thirties, I almost feel like I had to rediscover who the fuck single Janice was because I don't even remember who she was. It was that long ago. Um, and I just, yeah. You do have a new sense of confidence about you. I think a lot of that Since has come from being with you. Hey. Like, honestly, um, you know, and we've talked about how there's a lot of people who post breakup kind of go inward, right? And they just become like almost recluses and everybody's out to hurt me. So I'm just going to stay alone, blah, blah, blah. And I definitely had a lot of people like in my life who were like, it's too early. You have to be single for a year. You can't be out here dating. You know, you just got divorced, blah, blah, blah. Right. And um, I felt like I had done all of the personal self-development work mm -hmm. that I could do mm -hmm. to heal my shit. But there were things that were not, I was not going to be able to start working on until I was in another relationship. So how about this? The, the thing that came to my mind throughout what you were just saying was that we were just talking about confidence and <clears throat> some people have it right and some people don't and like where do you get the confidence from you get confidence from tackling hard things i mean yeah. you know, working out jujitsu um you know keto dieting all this stuff that like requires discipline but you can actually gain a lot of confidence out of somebody loving you for, Hell yeah. for who you are. Hell and yeah. That's what hit me out of what you were saying was like, was just that like, if it, someone loving you and you being able to feel that sense of freedom of being your natural self around them and all just unfiltered walls down, let me be goofy. Let me, I don't even know, like people do goofy shit. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, and, and to not have to worry about looking over at somebody looking at you like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, that that will instill a lot of confidence in someone who is very sheltered or, you know, someone who is, has been hurt. And, yeah. And likes to stay inside. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that that like that's why in the last episode I was like, everybody deserves to feel love and everybody deserves to be in love because it's such a special thing. It's not just about you know, the sex or the dates or whatever that people think love is that haven't really gone through love. It's, yeah. it's all the other things that come behind it. You know, I mean, we go through it every day, just ourselves. Like, you know, we're walking out of the door the other day and we're, you know, are the dogs fed or whatever? And it's like, yeah, I don't even know why I'm asking because we Got already have back. it like that, you yeah. know, and that's, a, that, that form of love right there is 
that whole situation right there is a prime example of the confidence that you gain out of a relationship is yeah. just like just knowing someone has your back is insane that's that's so true bring and you out of your shell yeah and i've seen that with you you've seen that with me yeah i think like the healthiest love will always make you be like a better version of yourself than you are alone right where i think a lot of people come into relationships with like feeling like there's a deficit that they need that other person to make up for mm -hmm. but i think that's the wrong perspective to have i think it's like you have to be a whole person in yourself and like have that confidence already and then the person that you're with should amplify that or right. add to it and and for people that are like very introverted right um it's it's i'm i'm a huge introvert i you know that, what hold on but you but i'm saying as far as like my physical activities like what i like to do yeah you're okay. a homebody i'm a homebody and that's what i mean by introvert you know obviously i can get out here i could sell solar panels to <laughs> you know apollo but you also but, love to meet random people and talk to them and shit like i feel like yeah. if we were to go like on a cruise ship you'd befriend half the fucking boat by the time hey, we were done i might get off that that i might i might get off that boat with a job Who you're knows? gonna be driving the boat by the time <laughs> Who knows? We're done. talk my way into a captain's license you <laughs> never know but but what i was getting back what i was really gonna say is just like the being in a relationship um and being introverted can give you the confidence by that person giving you the comfortability and the freedom to be able to go out and experience mm. certain things. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, you took me to a salsa class, yeah, right? And, and that was in a live setting at the pier in downtown. Mm -hmm. And you're like, there's this thing, you know, it's for like three hours, whatever. And we go and I mean, I was palm sweating. I was I nervous. I was tripping. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I am tripping. But at the end of the day, I'm willing to do this because I, I was nervous, but I was also excited. You know, it wasn't like, oh God, I want to like, I'm going to fake it. I'm, I'm faking that I've got like bubble guts so I can get out of this. You know what I mean? Oh my God. I need to go to the bathroom now and no, I will not go to a CVS. But I don't know. I just, that's a prime example for me is just like that right there to go out there and have new experiences and have somebody that you trust that you're comfortable with and go out and do things because life is passing you by every day and like simple things that you can do that are very low budget. And they're the best things. Like when okay, we, when we went to wiki watch and yeah. you know, stuff like that, it's like a, it's such a good time. So yeah, I love it. Next topic. What do we okay, get? so let's go back to the, the toxicity that we have experienced in relationships because obviously okay. the people that we were with in the past are no longer here and we are here together. So there right, are, are various reasons as to why, um, you know, our various relationships broke up. Um, okay, so my high school boyfriend was Cuban, very typical machista, toxic male. And he was very controlling so most latino men are yeah unfortunately that's a stereotype that a lot of dudes from our culture like it's live insane into. because like those i mean i guess it's very it, it goes with the behavior but like the men that are very possessive are also the ones that are out here fucking around uh, so, facts go ahead um, sorry yeah so i i never had instances with infidelity with him from you know my knowledge okay but what happened was i've after being with him like for three and a half years, I went to college and we went to separate colleges because he was how it? far away though? Oh, it was like a good like hour away. Okay. So my sister and her boyfriend, they've been together like since high school mm -hmm. and they go to 
I think it's like five and a half hours, but they see each other like every weekend. So yeah, I think I was checked out by the time I was a senior. Like I just kind of knew the time. Was he in the same grade? No, he was, he was a freshman. No, I, when I was a freshman, he was a senior. Oh, got so, it. And he was already in school doing his own yeah, thing? Yeah, he was in college oh. while we were together, like, and then I graduated and... Well, I hate to say it, but... I mean, it was never going to work. It, he was just like, you know, my testing grounds for like what it is to be in a relationship. But essentially, I went off to college. I was dorming. And he was the type of dude that would like... I need you to be in your dorm room when I call your landline phone. I remember this. Yeah. I remember this. I remember this whole, yeah, I remember this. this so is good. This is that good. was um, the last straw for me. I'm like, I'm going to be a prisoner in my fucking dorm room because this guy like literally landline. Okay. I didn't even have a cell phone because this is 2003. Um, and I was just like, yeah, this is bullshit. Like who the fuck are you? I'm out here going to live my life. And I just stopped answering the phone. Like that's how we broke up, right? and that was it. So, like, like, so if you weren't in the dorm, you obviously had like roommates in the dorm, right? yeah. So would they answer the phone for you? I mean, because they're no, expecting their each, own calls, right? Or I you had your we own each phone. Had our own landline. Okay. So I think there was like two ports, and so she had her phone, and I had my phone. Did you have an answering machine? I did. And you just let it fill up. Yeah. What's the max on those things? Because obviously, I like, <laughs> obviously, I don't know, but. <laughs> I don't know, but I stopped answering the phone at one point and it was a, it was a wrap for me. I was just Damn. like, I ghosted before, you know, ghosting was a thing, hmm. but, um, it's funny because but you know what we say about those folks. Sorry to cut you off again. Sorry. You guys are going to have to get used to me doing this. It's <laughs> he's, so bad. He's very enthusiastic. It's well, it's, uh, you're a talker. I'm a talker. Yeah. So I listen very well, but at the same time, I, you know, okay, what were you going to say? Um, no, I forgot. <laughs> Okay, oh, we'll no. cut that whole shit oh, no, out. No, so so um, based on on his energy, so we we all know on the patterns, right? If someone's very territorial or they're very, you know, what are you doing? All that that's like a guilty conscience. He right? was super insecure. So do do you think that there's you know? Was he doing some shit on the side? I don't, honestly, that never crossed my mind. Okay. Because I was just like, this guy's like so fucking desperate. And you were checked out anyway. Yeah, yeah. I was done. So you don't give a fuck. I, I really didn't give a shit. I mean, the sex was trash. He was like a fucking minute man. Dang. And this was like after three and a half years, like you're still like, you still can't get your shit together. All right. I have a theory about this. <laughs> I have a theory about this. Okay. All right. So, and I think most men will agree with me very silently though, <laughs> but this is the thing. So it all comes down to the circum, the circumstance of the sex for a man, for a man. What do you mean? So a man can, a man can last can, he has the choice. Mm -hmm. I mean, a man that's in control oh. of what he's got going on. Right. Okay. But a man can, can last or, I mean, he can fight to last. I mean, I, there's certain situations, you know, I mean, Jesus, like we've been there a couple of times, like, Jesus, I don't even know what to do about it. But um, <clears throat> it's just one of those things. It's like, so a man can last to, you know, whatever. And then, you know, there's other situations where it's like, you know, quick and quick. So the, the theory about it being quick, um, you look at all other types of like mammals and stuff like that. I mean, it's very, because nature's happening, right? So yeah, there's no such thing as sex for pleasure in the rest of like no. man, uh, yeah. the animal kingdom. I mean, ducks have like corkscrew, like it's insane. <laughs> it's wild, you know, but anyway, so the patterns that I have seen and stuff like that, it's just like, so men that are, are there just for the sex are the ones that are going to do that very quick. 
right? And the ones that are there to like, that are actually connected with you and stuff like that want to like spend time on you. And what if it's like just also a lack of experience too? Cause we were each other's first. No, that's cool. But yeah. you guys were together for how long? Three and a half years. Okay. So after year one, I've got my shit figured out enough to where I can like get to like number two or three, you know, I'm like, okay, we can do this. Like maybe we have to get the first one out of the way, but eventually we get to where we can, you know, you build up your tolerance a little bit. I would think, right? So, like, but I don't know how the male body works. So I'm going to rely on you as the scientific expert on this. I don't know. I just think that it's a telltale sign. I guess this is my point of the whole thing is that it's a telltale sign. If someone's just, in there getting in getting out looking out for themselves the entire time not worried about what you've got mm -hmm. going on not mm -hmm. spending time on you and stuff yeah. like that that just all shows that they don't really have the love and affection because they're not really think they're not even regarding your time yeah right i think that's absolutely accurate though because so, i always just felt like it, it was very non-reciprocal relationship yeah, like, even uh, like emotionally like, and shit. Oh, you know, let me do this i was always just that. like chasing him yeah. emotionally and shit and right. it was just like you know stonewalling just like emotionally avoidant blah 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 so okay so that was that and then my second boyfriend in college he was not in school we actually he wasn't at my school. He we met on mihente.com. And if y'all know fucking mihente.com, like let me know. This is the era of like Black Planet and like these websites where wow. we create a fucking profile. And it was like the precursor to dating apps. It was kind of like MySpace. eHarmony. Uh eHarmony was two thousand one, so it was like right around the same time. Oh yeah. But so what basically about Christian Mingle. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. But essentially what you would do, you would create a profile and it would be, it would basically be like a resume, but like per, a personal resume, like, you know, a pictures link, of yourself, LinkedIn. like, this is why I'm so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, and you could contact each other and send each other messages and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, I met him through that website. He was from the same state. So his family was from New Jersey. I went to school in Jersey You're and he was actually in the military. He was half black, half Latino, Oh, but he was like. Um, raised by the black side of his family, so he didn't speak Spanish or okay. that. I mean, I can relate. And he had a white name. I can relate. His last name was Stewart, so Damn. you couldn't even tell. I would trade names with him. <laughs> but he was in the army, so he wasn't in college, and he was actually deployed. Like mm. this was two thousand one. Did he? Was he in a rush to get married? Wait. Ah, uh, because that's what they wait, do. Wait. Yeah, that's what they do okay. in the military. So I got military in my family. I already know. We met. I love them. Um, started dating. I met his parents. Like it was very serious for like the fact that it was a year and a half long relationship. And yes, he did ask me to marry him. Yes. Um, he wanted me to drop out of school Where and was come and stationed at though. Like, what was his? So he was originally he was in Iraq or Afghanistan, one of those two. I don't remember. But he then was he was like regular like infantry or like what was yeah. he doing? Oh yeah. shit! Mm -hmm. Oh. And he was. Uh, I'll talk to you, bro. Honestly, like, thank you for serving our country. Like, honestly, like, all jokes aside, like, you were out there, boots on the ground. So, yeah, at one you, point you were... he was in Texas, okay. and then at another point he was in Germany. So, um, we it was a long distance relationship, obviously, mm -hmm. for many reasons. Did they ever want you to like come live on base with them and oh, stuff? Yeah. Like, just uproot and just Literally, come out. That's there? why he asked me to marry him. Yeah. And then, during one visit to his base, I got pregnant. And I was like, I'm not having a baby. I'm 19 years old. Like, out of your goddamn mind. Oh. And I had an abortion. And he did not approve. 
You did it without him knowing? Yeah. No, I told him I was doing it and he was like, no. And I'm like, what, what, what made you like, what was the, I'm 19 years old. Okay. And I'm like, I'm not fucking ruining my life. But you didn't have like, okay. I guess it goes, it's like one of two ways, but yeah, I'm not like, a woman, so I don't know, but I, I mean, never crossed my mind to have a baby. I was like, I'm not dropping out of school. I'm not going to ruin my life. I'm not going to be my parents' disappointment. Like not going to do it. And you went, like, so you told him that you weren't going to do it. Yeah. And what, it, what he was like, no, let's do this, whatever. Yeah. And then you went and did it without. Yeah. And then what? And that was the beginning of the end. Dude. He but was, you weren't like living with him, right? No, so he was like, in Texas and it. I was in New Jersey. Yeah. Damn. So you did all that shit without even. Nobody knew. Damn. I went and did the shit by myself. Oh my god! Um, and then that was the beginning of the end. I ended up like mailing him back the engagement ring, and what? yeah, that was it. <laughs> but again, it was an emotionally abusive relationship for sure. Like there was like, a lot what of way? like what was he doing? name calling and like, like, your bitch, like yeah, all that shit, all of that what shit. What were you doing to like get that? We would just get into like fights because. <sighs> I don't even fucking remember, honestly. Like, okay. so much of this is, like, blocked out of my memory. But I mean, it's, like, it's a minute ago, so. Yeah. It was just, like, I think it was definitely control type shit where it's, you know, the same pattern of just. So, I've seen I've seen a resemblance uh-huh. in yeah. these last two. Mm-hmm. So, let's get to this this third. Yeah. Guy. Not okay. to speed you up, but let's see. So, let's my see ex-husband. What ha- let's see what number three has behind the door. <laughs> <laughs> So I broke up with, uh, you know, the army guy, like June and I spent like my hot girl summer just fucking staying in school because I did summer classes and working and just living my life. And then the fall came around and I started getting into sorority life. Like I wanted to join a sorority. And so I was spending a lot of time at like Greek events and step shows and all these things. And I ended up going to one and meeting my future ex-husband there. Now, we didn't actually meet. I just saw him. I noticed him. And Are you going to get into like... Hmm? I guess I'll let you continue. <laughs> okay. So this is the era of Facebook that you had to only, you could only be a college student to have a Facebook account. Right? Oh. So you had to have a .edu email address in mm. order. That's how Facebook started. For the anybody beta know. years. Yes. Hey. Um. Okay. So I see him at a step show. He's like the captain of his fraternity's team. I'm super impressed. I'm like, oh my God, he can dance. Like, I love that. So fucking cool. Blah. And let's go back to the energy that you had when you <laughs> first saw him though, because I know that that like, <laughs> Uh, that's my one thing about listening to people talk about their exes and I'm guilty of it too, but it's like, there is a lot of good that is buried underneath the bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, so, I mean, I thought he was super cute okay. and like charismatic like, let's, and let's whatever. Give everybody, you know, before the bullshit, you know, it's, it's tough. I know, but at the end of the day, it's nice to revisit the fact that like we did once care about this person. Yeah, that's fine. But. He definitely had like fuckboy energy from day one. I will d- happily admit that. And he presented a challenge because he was like the perpetually single dude that like a bunch of women wanted to go after and he would never fucking settle down. And I found that out just by talking to people who knew him. Are you- what? <laughs> Let me tell the story. Okay. All right. So um, I don't know if Facebook still does this, but back in the day, it would show you your mutual friends, right? So because I was hanging out with a lot of sororities, people and he was in a fraternity 
inevitably there was some connections. So me being la He popped up after you saw him at the step thing? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, this is the era of AOL Instant Messenger. AIM. <laughs> yes, AIM. AIM. Let's fucking go. Okay. So. Oh, yes. I want to say either I send him, because, you know, people used to list, like, their AIM handles and shit on their Facebooks. And then you could also, I think you could DM people back then or message them or whatever. But long story short, I reached out first because I've and you know um, I've been going after shit that I want, seeing, and you know uh, this. A little bit of a pattern here, folks. Shut up. Uh, so I hit him up, you know, spit some game, blah blah blah. We made plans to meet up, and we met up. He came actually to see me at my dorm. So this was like. No, 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 we didn't have, <laughs> babe, this is in Jersey. Um, he didn't have a car, so he took like a two and a half hour train ride to come and see me, which I was just like impressed by. I'm like, okay, I'm here for this energy. <laughs> and it was a random hookup that was supposed to just be a random hookup and ended up being me marrying him and being with him for 16 years. I can go. <laughs> Um, so the one thing that I noticed right away is that he was the opposite of my exes. Like he was not controlling. He was not, um, lackadaisical. Yeah. He was just like, whatever. He never showed any kind of jealousy about anything. And in a way I, that shit kind of annoyed me after a while, because I'm just like, you don't even give a fuck. Like if, if I was to cheat on you, you probably wouldn't even care. Cause you're just like, do you feel like that way with me though? No. Okay. Cause it's no, I know you would say some shit to somebody if like somebody said something weird to me. Or, oh, jeez. Or approached me. I mean, how many times have I asked to be like private security? It's like, <laughs> I'm like, let me just be there. I'm the guy with You're the observing. I'm, You're not going to be the one to start some shit, but you will be the one to finish it. I have pointed out so many things to you. Like, listen, folks, <laughs> we're like in a crowded place, right? La Placita, something. And I'm like, look at this guy, whatever. I'm like, don't let this guy get too close. She's like, oh my God, I didn't even notice that guy. I'm like, how? Like, <laughs> You're you always looking at blinders. This is insane. <laughs> I am the guy with the crossbody. <laughs> that's fine. And that's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons why I liked him. Cause he was like the opposite of, you know, my exes being controlling, blah, blah. He was like interesting and new. And- yeah. And he was just like, not. Did he give you like, did he give you like some type of like security feeling though yeah he like took me out on a date to new york city right. and that's we were not, super that's young not, back that's then. not what you experienced in your previous relationship no i well, i mean it was super young too right. so like the fact that dude like he's like, like, like working as a pizza delivery yeah, guy and like yeah. scraps together enough money to take me out on a fucking oh, date to new york to city like, i was just like oh my god like this i'm so impressed right you think about just like the fucking bare minimum shit that you're like oh my god he's like making such an effort but he he uh was a year older than me, so you know we. Um, he actually dropped out of school. He didn't graduate. Like high school or no, out of college. Okay, like he didn't finish his. What was he year. going for? I want to say it was like economics, okay. business or something. He wanted to like own his own business then. No, he just went to college because his parents told him to, but he really had no ambitions to do that and shit. There's the animosity. Yeah, he. 
went to college because his parents told him to. And then what happened? He stopped qualifying for financial aid like that last year. So he just oh, because like wasn't like making like his credits or whatever he needed to do. Or I don't know. Okay. I never really got the full story, but basically he had to drop out and he couldn't afford to pay like the money that he owed the school. And so that was up. Gotcha. So I graduate. We're still dating. Two years after that, we moved in, and I. What was the circumstance for moving in? Like, were you I needed to like, get the fuck out of my parents' house because okay, my parents so were driving me insane. So it was a necessity on your part for my mental health. And he did he have his own place this whole time? No, he was living with his parents too. Okay, so it was like a joint thing. But if you ask him now, he'll say that I forced him to move in. Oh. And that I forced him to move away from you know his hometown. And I forced him to get married. Oh, this is and the move to Florida. Well, that's before, like, we lived together in New Jersey for Oh, so, all right. So you're making that. the first move. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, so I'm we sorry. move into our because first apartment together. We end up buying a house. Then we end up moving to Florida. And all this was allegedly, like, forced now, if you ask about it now. But, okay. yeah. So when did the problems start? I think very early on, I already knew he was an alcoholic. And for, for some most reason. Yeah. He was definitely an alcoholic because, like, when we were still in school, the, I will never forget this incident. Um, he showed up at my dorm after, like, some fraternity event. He was fucking wasted. And he's like, I'm going to hop in the shower and then whatever. And 15 minutes goes by, half an hour goes by, and I'm like, hello? Where is this? Are you okay? And he, like, passed out inside the shower. So, like, I bent down to look like under the door crack to the bathroom because I heard the water running and I was calling him and he didn't say anything and the door was locked so I couldn't open it. And this was like a metal fucking door. It's not even like easy to open. So I see that his arm is like splayed out oh, from the shower oh and I'm like, God. this motherfucker's dead in my shower. Like, oh Yo, my God, right? So I call 911, the fucking ambulance of the college. The they had to kick the door in. Oh they took him to the God. hospital. They had to do like the whole detox shit. He was just like out of his fucking mind. And that was like the red flag that I ignored that would then lead to him having multiple affairs him getting multiple DUIs, him punching holes in the wall. Well, was that like the gateway? Right, he so, was always an alcoholic. It well, just, it seems like maybe like when he fell in the shower, maybe he smacked his head. No, babe, he's, he's been got, drinking. Like, of... His whole family is alcoholics. Yeah, so this is a, like a generational thing. Um, But he blamed his first affair on the fact that he was drunk. He got three DUIs. Um. He actually broke his wedding ring. I remember I remember the story. We got into a fight one time. I don't even fucking know about what. Probably about like random messages that I kept getting from women that were like, I'm fucking your man. And he, I had bought him. I couldn't even imagine. Like, that's <laughs> insane. Like, I really couldn't even imagine. Like, If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I really couldn't even imagine. Yeah. So I we get into a fight and I had bought him a tungsten carbide ring. So if you know anything about tungsten carbide, it's pretty brittle metal. So he took it off and he threw the ring. We had a tile floor and the shit literally cracked in half and then it hit the patio glass door. Like so then that fucking thing shattered. And um yeah. So that was that's kind of like the hallmark of our relationship was just like explosive fights reconciliation things are okay for a little bit and then it just goes back so now that i know about you know what it's like what narcissism is what narcissistic personality disorder is the fact that i was married to a covert narcissist i was like oh wow okay so this is like the actual cycle of abuse that i was caught up in but it just became so fucking normalized that i'm like well you know maybe that's just how relationships are um you have to get into the ending though yeah, yeah so okay so the end of our relationship not now, to speed it up just no, there's so much though. Because you were about to wrap it up. So I'm like, no, they deserve to get the ending as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this goes on. You know, I would say like our our relationship definitely accelerated downward after getting married. So 2013. At that point, we'd been together se- seven years. Seven years. And I just felt like I was continuing to progress and grow as a person, like professionally, personally, just like mind mindfully like I was just always the type of person that I was working on myself and just like had goals in life and shit and I just felt like he was super stuck I mean you know? he was trying to be a DJ yeah he was trying to he started DJing in 2011 because he was like I fucking hate my job and I'm meant for more and you know me being the supportive partner at that point we weren't even married I actually bought him his fucking first DJ equipment okay because the man on top of all his other bullshit had like a 400 credit score because he never paid his fucking bills and defaulted on his student loans and got them garnished and he was just always terrible with money (laughs) and that's why i never combined my finances with him yeah because i'm like you're trash with money from day one so but that's for another episode this is yeah this is crazy it was so dysfunctional listen folks there are man there's really smart women who we, do a lot of stupid things and, and we, i'm one of them we've as a couple we've had these conversations but to have the conversation again now that we're a little established and then to look back on the things that she's saying and then to see the similarities i'm like hmm i'm just trying to figure out this uh is this like a pattern well it's definitely a pattern i definitely have attracted people who are emotionally abusive First of all, I'm not in any of these classes. No, and we're going to talk about in the next episode, like how the hell we got to a functional, healthy relationship after our own histories of not so much. Yeah, our shit is going to be different. Yeah. Right. Okay, so um, 2013, things definitely started to like just 
go downhill. 2015 was when he had the affair, mm. the first one. Mm. 2017 was when I found out. And that was the same girl, right? No, this was oh, somebody I... other than the person here. This was in New Jersey. Oh, my God. So he had affairs in multiple states. Oh, Wait, and this chick was actually from California. He wasn't even from New Jersey. Oh my he God. went to a fucking fraternity thing and apparently got fucking drunk. And he had been sending her dick pics and all types of shit for months before this that. This is the one that so reached out to blackmailed your... him and was like, I'm going to tell your wife that you've been like doing this shit Jeez. unless you break up with her and like go and be with me and basically have sex with me. So she blackmailed him into fucking her. God. Okay. So, Wait, did you see all the proof or is this oh, like yeah. a story he said? No, no, no. Oh, I, saw, okay. I got all the pics and all the texts and all that shit. But she reached out to my mom after he basically. She wanted to fuck him that bad. She wanted to blackmail him. She, to fuck him. Yeah, she wanted to ruin his life because he broke his promise to her to like end the relationship and go and be with her. She was. I later found out she had like some sort of mental illness. Mm. I don't know if it was bipolar or some shit. Jeez. But yeah, the woman reached out to my mom and sent her all the fucking evidence because she had apparently. Well, she had reached out to me. But he convinced me that it was just like some hating ass bitch and I should just block her and like ignore it, right? So after I did that, then she had no choice but to go and find other people who could send me the message. And that was my mom. So she confronted me about it. And then I confronted him about it. And the whole thing spiraled into just fucking chaos. We went to marriage counseling. We went on a trip to Europe to like try to fix our fucking relationship. Um, things were good for like a year, maybe. And what then, is that like what, on on a scale of like one, like one being like the most toxic it, it, it's ever been, yeah. Versus like five being like how it was when you guys first met. How was it that that year that you just said that it was fine? Like I was, was probably good. like a three. Okay. So it never really got. You don't heal from don't, cheating. Yeah, you don't get over that. Shit. You don't heal no. from cheating. I never fucking trusted it's him always again. Back there. Every time I heard a text message, it's like a brain tumor. Off, it's a I brain was just tumor. waiting for shit to pop yeah. off again. Hell yeah. Right? The PTSD is real. The PTSD is real. And part of why we moved to Florida in 2018 was because I wanted to start over. Right. So I'm like, we got to get out of this house. We got to get out of this environment. I want to start over. Fuck so I, I thought I was going to end his DJing career, which is what I was attributing to his cheating. So it's like, if we move, then he's got no career now. He got to just go back to a regular fucking job and just like be a normal person. And of course, that's not what happened. As soon as he came out here, he went and fucking found his little crew, started getting back in the club, started getting, got another DUI. And I was like, oh, okay, so we're just going to like repeat this exact same fucking cycle again. Damn. Okay. Was he on like other substances and stuff like that? Like, I wouldn't doubt it. doing like. A little bit Coke, of, maybe. I don't hit, fucking know. Hitting the ski slope every <laughs> once in a while. Like, Honestly, God, this guy. just like if you know anything about the nightlife industry, it's just rampant drug, sex, alcohol, the whole thing. So for somebody who's already an addict, um, not the great greatest place to be. And that was one of the things that I was always fighting with him about. I'm like, bro, what, what do, do you, you think, think it looks like for an alcoholic to work in a fucking club? Damn. Like, it's like, okay, I am a... Uh, Morbidly obese, and I work at fucking McDonald's. Oh my! God. No, it's like it doesn't make sense to me, right? It's just like I work at the fucking buffet. I'm a sex addict, but I am the. Uh, I work at, at, at a, a fucking club. strip club, yeah. right? It just like it, yeah. and it was he was always just like, oh, but it's not that. It's about like my love for music, and I just love to entertain people, and it's my passion. And okay, marshmallow. <laughs> 
and he you know he would do he'd be like well my father was a dj too so you know like it runs in the family like we just we're we're just entertainers like his uncle was a fucking saxophonist so he's just like well, i just come from a musical family and this is what oh, like so i'm meant to city. do mm. <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> <up>. <laughs> let's go so he would guilt trip me into being like, well, look, I let you pursue all these fucking business ventures that you have. So who are you to tell me that I, I can't pursue the? Okay. Who are you to tell me that I can't go be okay. a DJ, yeah, right? So it was mind games, manipulation. And it who's was a... like actually yielding results? Like, I mean, come on. Bro. Okay, he was like, making you... like $200 a night. I was going to say. Like, like nothing was coming out of this shit. He was playing in like shitty fucking clubs where there would be like shootouts. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people get into fights. It was not like he's fucking DJing in Las Vegas. Okay. Like he's not Paulie D. Yeah, I mean. Right? Well, I mean, there's levels to it though. So. There's levels to it, but it's also like you've been doing this shit for like 10 fucking years and you're still in the same level. Bro, you're just not doing it. Well, so there's a famous quote, right? And it's it's um the way you do some things is the way you do most things. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody's naturally lazy, I mean, that's going to reflect in all aspects of their life, whether it's their credit, um, legal issues, um, effort in relationships, stuff like that. So. Yeah. So he was basically repeating the same pattern of fuckboy shit here in Florida. And I found out later after getting divorced that my family knew he was cheating on me here oh, oh, this is in good. Florida. This is good. This is so my family came to visit in 2020 during the pandemic. That's out to the family, by the way. You guys were definitely looking out. Yeah. So they job, came to guys. visit and we were all going to go out to dinner as a family. My parents, myself, my ex, my sister, all the things. And he was always the type of dude who like had no interest in being a part of my family. Yeah, I didn't want to be around the family. Like if he was at my parents' house, yeah. he was on his fucking phone in the corner, not yeah. talking to nobody. He was just like completely checked out. And my mom would always talk that to me about so that shit. That shit is so awkward. She was always just like, what the fuck is wrong with him? Yeah. Why is he like that? And I'm just like, ma, just leave him alone. You don't you know, know what I he's just... like when it's just us. Yeah, I just wanted to just Damn. avoid drama, you know, because they already hated him you from get the first tired of defending that shit too. Like you're like, ah, man, that's just how he is. But yeah. I think, you know, part of what I notice now is like because I decided to stay with him after the first affair, I almost had to like justify not only to myself, but to everybody around me that like things were okay and it, it was good. And you, you know, feel like, like you lost respect from people that. You know, mm -hmm. like the fact that you stayed there, like, oh, yeah. oh my god, like she doesn't. I'm sure a lot of people were talking shit for a while, right? Yeah. Um. So that's gonna carry on into like you know, unfortunately, like I'm, you know, I'm probably gonna have to deal with a little bit of that, right? I mean. Oh yeah, everybody's like the enemy at this point. Yeah. Like everybody's guilty until proven innocent. I already went through the ringer a little bit with your sister, but <laughs> we're saved up for another episode, though. She has her own podcast, shout out. Yeah, you're probably going to get interrogated on there at some point. Let's but, go. Okay, so what was I saying? So my family was here to visit. We were going to go to dinner, and we were all walking out to the car. My ex was last. My dad turned around to go to the bathroom. He came back into the house, and he noticed, looking at my ex's phone, I don't know, he caught a glimpse of it, but he was talking to some other bitch. Oh. Like, so my dad saw that. Okay. Okay, so what my father ended up doing, without my knowledge, was installing a fucking tracking device on this man's car. Yo, I and am so done with, oh, I'm so done. And he was like, I'm going to track where this motherfucker is going for the next two weeks, and then I'm going to out him to Janice. And what happened was, right when he was going to out him to me, my father got into an accident, 
and oh, broke his fucking leg. Right. That's when he fell off the ladder. The right, right. And that derailed the whole shit because obviously he's it's just that's this. not top yeah, of mind I at that point. This. Yeah. Um so I found out after the fact that all of that had been going on, but apparently he had been cheating since at least 2020. And I found out in July of 2022, when the woman that he met at the club, oh, the go. bartender, showed up at my house at six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday and was like, hey, I'm looking for you. I don't know how to tell you this, but like, we've been in a relationship for three years. Um, I've gotten pregnant multiple times. Um, oh he God. told me that we were, that y'all were broken up, that y'all were separated. And I had no idea that you were so married wow and i was like okay what's your name can i get your number <sighs> in case i have any follow-up questions oh and one thing i did ask her is like how did you know to come here and she's like well this is where i would come whenever we would meet up Damn. so i found out like she was staying at my house while i was traveling to visit my family or for work or whatever um so he had a whole last second life going on inside our home and uh, so I got her information, took her cell phone number down, closed the door, and then proceeded to call my mom and be like, hey, um, so I'm getting a divorce. I uh, found out this guy's been fucking cheating again. And um, yeah, I'm going to need somebody to come down here because some... <laughs> you I'm know? literally about to go back shit crazy. Yeah, I'm literally about to lose my fucking shit. And then I don't know what... It was like a switch went off. I just... I, by meeting her and like it confronting me in, in a way that I had never actually had it like confront me, right? Because the first affair was like a lot of hearsay, right? But I never got to like meet the bitch, right? Uh, I never got to put a fucking face. I still don't know what she I looks like. I couldn't even imagine. I really couldn't even imagine. Like, I, I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine. Like, you, you see the TikTok videos or whatever, and you know, they, they meet up at the dinner or whatever, but my God, I couldn't even imagine. I'd be like, hey, as a guy, if a guy came over, I'd be like, okay, dude, look, come inside. That's literally like, let's crack a beer over this shit because you're about to blow my fucking mind. Okay. So let's sit down. Let's drink a, let's take some fucking shots, bro. Cause you're about to fucking crush my whole shit. So wow. let's just figure this out. So. Yeah. So I, a switch went off in me as soon as I closed the door I said okay I gotta get the fuck out of here as quickly as possible so I went to Home Depot I changed the locks on the doors oh my God. I went and took all of his shit and put it in the garage and I texted him and I was like you have 48 hours to get your shit out of my house where was he at the at the time I don't like, know where, where don't was know. he at when like she pulled up I don't know but he showed up at like 5.30pm that day that next day so I had like 12 hours to myself to like Damn. empty the house but the whole 12 hours you're like thinking he's gonna pull up at any moment oh yeah i had i had my gun in my pocket at that point like of my rope shouts <laughs> shouts out to the blick <laughs> yeah i'm walking around with my nine millimeter in my in my pocket because i'm like this motherfucker shows up on some shit or like trying to get back in this house like it's gonna pop off i'm, I'm, I'm about to exercise floor to stand your ground law that's real like some quick. pablo escobar <laughs> like wife energy that shit sounds kind of hot i'm not gonna lie <laughs> Walking around the house with a nine millimeter in your yeah, come on, <laughs> this is good. Um, Can I clean the pool? <laughs> is this a bad time? I don't. <laughs> I'm like, hey, uh, I just it's hot out here. I got to take my shirt off. I have to clean the pool. I don't know. I saw the gun. I don't know, but 
Yeah. So, so he showed up, you know, trying to open the door. I said, you're not welcome here. I need you to get your fucking shit out of my house. You got 48 hours. He tried to like, you know, get fucking loud. And I was like, I really highly fucking suggest that you don't start some shit unless you want to finish it. Um, and then he went on his merry way after packing what he could fit into his vehicle. And, uh, I never saw him again. And I filed for divorce the next day and it took about three months because we had a post-nuptial agreement. So I didn't have to pay him any alimony. He didn't get a fucking dollar out of my pocket and, um, yeah, never to be seen again. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, first relationship, um, I'm 16, she's 14. Um, you know, I grew up in a small little country town, so I've got my, my little pickup truck and, you know, I'm bagging groceries at Publix and, you know, the whole shebang. Um, but anyways, uh, we just kind of like, we took our time with, with being together, you know, we, we got together, we were each other's first stuff. Did you guys meet in school? Yeah. Yeah. We met in school. Sorry. Um, yeah, we met in school and, um, she was a cheerleader, you know, I was playing football, blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, we just kind of like grew together. And then, um, fast forward, you know, like two years, we're doing, you know, the prom thing, all that stuff. And then, uh, I graduate, she still has a year left. And, um, it was actually like a year and a half. She was, no, no, it was a year. Sorry. So anyways, so she had a year left and, um, it was, I was still in the house with my dad and my stepmom. So, I I was kind of like fizzling out with that whole thing. Kind of like I was wetting heads with my dad at this point. Um, you know, there's two roosters in the hen house, as they would say. And so um, it kind of grew out of like me helping my dad to like, I don't know, there was like a sense of like a, a little bit of a sense of like a rivalry a little bit. And it wasn't really on my side, but I felt it from him. Um, but it was the same energy I kind of felt throughout my childhood that I could just tell, I could tell that there was, I could tell when she was in his ear about something, my stepmom, right? So I could tell like when her influence was like heavier than other times, just based on how he would act towards me and stuff like that. So I could tell that it was like, I graduated high school, it's time for him to go or whatever. So moved to Florida and, um, you know, we tried it for a few months, stuff like that, but it just wasn't going to work out. So. Yeah, so you guys attempted the long distance thing just to see As if it kids, would work. yeah. And so she's in North Carolina and you were in Florida. Yeah. Okay. Right. How long after you moved did it fizzle out? Like four months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like is a long time for like kids, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's a while, you know. How did that conversation go? Like who decided? Oh, shit. I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Um, I think that it was probably more on my side just based on the track record and stuff and i had gone to i had gone back home a couple of times since that and she was always like there like a house party or something she was always there to try to like rekindle stuff or whatever so i I guess i would say it was on my side so next uh fast forward i mean break up with that i'm like 18 Majority of 18 coming into 19 and then 19 to 20. I'm single, just trying to figure out 
what I'm going to do in Florida, you know, bouncing around from restaurant jobs to whatever I'm working at O'Reilly's like, who knows? Um, then get with a coworker and that turns out to be my second ex. And we were actually together for 20 to 27. So, I mean, it was better. It was more like six and a half years better on seven, but, um, yeah, we, I mean, we got together and, uh, got our first apartment together. Um, you know, she always maintained, uh, like jobs with like insurance companies and stuff like that. You know, she could talk on the phone and stuff like that. So, and I was more of like the grunt work, you know, I was landscaping companies, just trying to figure out what I was going to do. Pool construction, roofing, whatever was paying the most at the time. Um, and then, you know, I started my business and I had that for like five years. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started that like a year, like a year and a half coming up on two years, I guess we'll call it two years, but yeah, started doing that. I was kind of figuring out my way. I was going to do like a lawn care thing. And then I got into what I ended up doing, but, um, yeah, I was do I was doing like um it started off doing pressure washing, but then I got into doing um like roof cleaning, roof restoration and like uh sealers and stuff like that. Mainly mainly roofs was was my niche just because everybody has a pressure washer, so and I was trying to get commercial accounts and all that stuff. Um so yeah, did that um and while I was doing the business and and whatnot with with while I was with her, I kept trying to get her to get, you know, kind of join into the business with me. I wanted her to be a partner in that. I wanted to like kind of share that. I saw that with my dad and my stepmom, you know, they, they, they built the business, the company that they have now is they built that literally in our garage, just like Apple or whatever. So, um, I kind of saw that for myself. I've always, you know, I had a moving business in high school. I, I, bought and sold dirt bikes and stuff in high school as well. I've always done stuff on the side and, you know, built trucks and sold them on the side, you know, stuff like that. So I've always, I've always kind of dabbled in, into that stuff, but, um, yeah, she, she just didn't really, she, she grew up in an apartment. She grew up a lot different than I did. So she didn't really have the business aptitude and that's okay. You know, I wasn't the type to force it. I'm not the type to force anything on anybody. Um, I wasn't raised that way. You know, my dad always let me find my way, like what I was going to be passionate about. So it just wasn't there with her. And I can't, I, I think that that kind of added to the separation of like, you know, where we ended up ultimately was, you know, we've been together for X amount of time. Naturally, we should either, you know, have a child or get married. And I, I remember like the marriage thing came up first and I'm like, well, I don't really haven't even thought about that, you know, and she was very offended, which I guess makes sense, but it just, it was one of those things. I just wasn't really ready for it. So. How long into the relationship did that conversation come up? Four years. Okay. And it was just never a thought for you to like marry. I, I actually had had some thoughts. I had had some thoughts of like, but they were thoughts of like, I knew she was going to ask, but not her personally, I just knew that our time frame and like what we were doing and because we were living this adult life, we weren't like going out and stuff. I knew that that was like the natural progression of things. Yeah. So, and I wanted that too, but 
like I was talking to you earlier, it's more of like I was in money mode. So I was trying to build the business. And then I always pictured us doing that later. Like okay. all so I, like you wanted to establish your foundation, your career, and yeah. then like then you could be the family man. Yeah, I thought that that would I thought that would come later. You know. Can I ask why you felt like you couldn't do both? Um, money, mm. money. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you know if I was making my goal every month and stuff like that, then then it would have been a different story. Um, but. And, you know, I had a deep conversation with my father uh, about that. And he was like, don't ever let money be the reason that you don't have kids because there's programs and blah, 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 you know? And he's like, you know, you don't ever have to be too proud or whatever to take those, that help. So don't rush it, babe. Okay. All right. So y'all break up because you're just not aligned on your life priorities. She wants to get married, have a baby, do the thing. She's like, I've invested six and a half years in this shit. And you're just like, whatever, bro, you don't want to fucking do this. So that was the beginning of the end. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And so like, what was the final like straw that broke camel's back? Um, the final straw was my, um, I got rid of the business. Um, I was, I was, you know, that thing kind of came to an end on its own. Um, and then we relocated and, uh, when we relocated, I was going to take a year off and just kind of figure out what I wanted to do next. I mean, during that year, you know, I'm still buying and flipping vehicles and stuff like that. So, but I don't know, it just got to a point where I think that we had just grown into do in, into two separate people. You know, like we just we were kids when we got together, and then we grew into young adults and like what we were actually kind of like we were finding our passions and what drives us and what turns us on like in life and stuff like that. So we just weren't really on the same page. Like, and her family heritage and stuff like that. She was um, Serbian and Bosnian, so they they're from a very different tradition than what I was willing to embrace. You know, I had a few conversations with her, the men in her family and stuff like that at family, you know, weddings and stuff like that. And I just had to let them know, like, I don't, I I, I don't, I I don't have any interest in like becoming Muslim and like, I'm not going to be that. Like, so if her and I are going to be together, she's like going to be like an American wife. It's not going to be like a Muslim thing, you know? So I think a lot of that kind of boiled down to why we were just, we just separated. It was very cordial. There was no name calling or anything like that. I mean, we're not in contact at all, but. and There we was have something that happened. Huh? There was something that happened. Yeah, there was an incident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, you don't want to get into it? Yeah. I mean, I was like, you know, I, I've always been the type to like, you know, let, folks go out and do what they want to do. And, you know, and she had a sister, she has a sister, I guess I just say. Um, and when, when we relocated, we relocated closer to the sister and, um, they, she wanted to go out and stuff like that. And that was fine. I went out with them several times, but there was a lot of times I didn't, I just wasn't really in it, you know? And, but I had full faith and confidence and trust in, in everything that was going on. So, and, and I, I knew my woman inside and out too. So anyways, there was, there was one night, you know, the dogs, the dogs whining and uh, it's like, I don't know, I guess it's like, I don't know, fuck, I feel like it's like four o'clock in the morning or something, four or five. 
And I notice that she's not home, right? So I'm calling, whatever, nothing. All right, fine. I go out to the parking lot and apartment complex. There's nothing out there. Okay. So I, whatever. It is what it is. And you're like freaking out? I'd be like fucking. No, I'm not freaking out. Violent. I'm not freaking out just because like, you know, she was with her sister. Her okay. sister lives with her dad. Like I, I literally her dad's apartment's like right around the corner. It's like, all right, I'm not even, it's not even a thought. And she's not even that type of girl anyway. So anyways, long story short, she comes home heels in hand you know all that stuff and uh and everything's fine and uh later on that day when she wakes up stuff like that she she's just on her phone a lot more you know and um anyway she would smoke cigarettes and she went outside on the patio to smoke a cigarette and i'm not i I didn't know the passcode to her phone like literally the entire time we're together so i had no idea and i'm going into the room to take a shower and the, the window to the patio is through the master bedroom, which is where the shower is. Right. So I, I, and I see her out there and she's like texting. And so I go over to the window just to like, look over and see, and I see like, it's this unsaved number and I can see like the emojis and stuff. I didn't really have much time to, I didn't, I, I just looked at, it, I already knew like I'm at, my heart sank. I already had a feeling. I was like, Oh shit. You know, I know what that is. Um, fast forward later on to, into the day and, uh, Oh, wait, sorry. While I was there at the window, I actually got to see the passcode, right? And it was her birthday. So, okay, fine. Fast forward into the night. She, um, we go out to lunch together, all the stuff, everything's fine. And then uh, she goes to take a shower and her phone's on the counter on the charger. And I just, I, I had to, I went over there, I opened it up and it opened up right on the messages right there on this guy's thing. And I went back to see how far it was. And it was like, they'd been texting for like, 10 hours like not even so they, met that, they met that night they met that night and but nothing in the conversation led me to believe that they stayed together or anything like that um but there was some oh yeah flirtation he, yeah he was yeah he was aware of me and he oh. he was already into the stage of like giving her he was already asking questions about what i wasn't giving her and then oh. he was feeding into what i wasn't giving her God. he was like he didn't what he has blah 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 like all the shit and i'm like oh, yeah but wow. bro, like, you haven't been here for six years so <laughs> it goes back to what i said earlier in the episode there's always somebody that's tired of it right so I, I mean i was the guy that's like bro you go ahead like you don't even know like you don't know what this turns into wow so. and so you confront her after you go into the phone yeah yeah she gets out of the shower and I'm, i try to hold it down but i'm such an emotional guy right and like i wear my emotions is what i mean by that and so she's like what's going on what's wrong and so i find i'm just like man like this it's kind of fucked up i kind of said it with like a smirk on my face a little bit because i'm like man it's like i even told her i remember like literally like it was yesterday i was like you're not even good at che- you're not even good at cheating <laughs> like i told her i was like you're not even good at it like you're not even good at it so and she's like, you know, I'll block him down. Da, da, da. I'm like, that's fine. You do whatever you want to do. But just the fact that we've been through so much and that we've gotten to this point now should let you know that we need to we we just need to separate right now. And she fought for a few days, and then after a few, I was like sleeping on the couch and shit. I'm like, no, I'm gonna get my own place. And after a few days, like she was coming home and she was fine. She was like, okay. She was like, you know, everything was cordial. It was like not as awkward it was as it would sound Mm -hmm. it was very cordial it was like very peaceful you know and i was like okay like you can have all the furniture and the dog and everything it's fine i just want to like restart on my own you know Mm -hmm. and so yeah it was it was very cordial it was very peaceful okay as crazy as it sounds but it really was honestly 
I think I mean, she would I say think, the same thing. I mean, I don't know. I think it just sounds like y'all already knew, like you saw the writing on the wall, yeah, and it was just like out. you just needed the um, the little final push to just be like, oh yeah, this is like really done, done. I know they have like a top three reasons on why people cheat, and one of the top three reasons is people cheat to get out of a relationship. Yeah, of course. So they they find, and you don't ever want to be that person. Just like you don't want to be the rebound, you don't want to be the person that gets used to get someone out of their relationship because mm-hmm. they're not ever, ever going to want to be with you ever. Yeah. You're was, literally the scapegoat. Yeah. I was, uh, I was watching a Instagram reel today that says that the majority of men file for divorce once they found another woman oh. versus like the majority of women file for divorce to like, get away from yeah, the man to find themselves. Alone. Yeah. Right? So I think it's just like yeah. human nature where like, People separate for different reasons, and men tend to find a replacement, whereas women tend to pursue peace. I remember that, like, I remember that um, in that like little four to five day gap of like me like being cold turkey, and then her like kind of fighting for it. I went and I got a new phone and a new phone number and all that stuff, right? And she comes home and she's like, "What are you doing?" I got that. I'm like setting up my setting up the phone. I'm like, "This is my new phone or whatever." She was like. She just got so quiet, mm. right? And then that's like that was like the turning point that she accepted it. Like, because a, I was already sleeping on the couch. I wasn't even doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And then then I went off and did that whatever. And like that's when she was just like, He's okay, that's what this is. Things. Yeah, like then this is what it is. And like yeah. we've never tried to contact nothing crazy at all. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess now we have to get on number three. Okay, yeah. So what's the time span between when y'all break up and you're in this new now COVID relationship, as you call it? Seven months. No, no. So we're talking eight months. Okay. Yeah, eight months. All right. So you go back in the dating game, mm-hmm. your dating apps. Right before shit. COVID. It's insane. Yeah. Okay. So tell me. Talk to me. Ooh. What happened? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, doing my thing. I got my little one bedroom apartment and, you know, um, taking myself to the beach a lot and whatever. Um, and then I'm doing the, the dating app thing just because I didn't really have a big social network, big social circle. I didn't really have anybody to go out with. I actually even contemplated, and I think some guys will relate to this, but I've even contemplated like at the time I contemplated like, um, going on like Bumble for friends. Mm-hmm. you know because they have the friends or they have like yeah. the, the business thing or whatever and i was like let me just see and and i played with it a little bit but i felt like it was too sketchy for me to <laughs> i won't even get into it but yeah. it just felt very very sketchy so yeah. anyways um but yeah and then so COVID happens and uh everything gets shut down i get furloughed from my job um you know and uh the only thing that's, I mean, everything's shut down. Um, the only thing that's open is like literally the pool at our complex. And the the deal with the pool at our complex is that you had to reach out to the office and reserve like an hour at a time, you know, and they had like only seven people or whatever. And a lot of people had already left, but um, yeah, she was there one day and we, we just kind of hit it off and kind of started chatting it up and then ended up the fact that she lived in my apartment complex and she was, I mean, essentially my neighbor, I mean, walking distance in a, in, you know, in a complex. I mean, it's like, you know, 
anybody can just pull up at any time. It's kind of crazy. So it's like, it, it was almost like a relationship of convenience. Yeah. And that relationship was crazy because like you are staying at each other's place all the time, stuff like that. So it's like, you guys are basically living with each other, especially because everything was shut down too. So it's like, do you think that the fact that the pandemic was going on, like accelerated how close y'all got in like, yeah, and okay. she, and she had gotten out of like a fifteen year relationship, okay. right? But like at the, like on my same timeline. She was older than you. Yeah, she was older than me. Okay. Yeah. How soon after meeting did you guys move in together? Um. Damn, I want to say it was less than a year. Okay. But more than eight months. So somewhere in that gap. Okay. Yeah, somewhere in that gap. Okay. So compared to like the previous relationship. And that was, different? sorry. So, yeah. but that was based on, we had these two apartments, but we were basically spending all of our time in one apartment. Um, <coughs> and, uh, you know, stimulus checks and all that stuff. It was more of like, well, we're already doing this and we didn't know how long the shit was going to last anyways. So it's like, you know, let's just put our shit together. And, you know, the apartments were already kind of like put our rent on hold and everything anyways too. So it was like, well, you're making like 3,500 a month on yours and I'm doing the same thing. I mean, that's fucking seven grand a month between the two of us. So, I mean, that was my thought on it. So would you say it's fair to say that like part of it was out of financial for desire for more financial stability? I guess. I mean, there wasn't really much financial stability that need to be that needed to be gained from it just because everything was like on hold anyways, you know, but it was just more of like her apartment was pretty much empty all the time. Like, you know, she, we just weren't ever over there, like go over there and get clothes and shit, you know, and it's like just sitting over there. And I was just like, one day I'm just like, man, you might as well just get rid of that shit. After like three months of paying for the, the, the rent on it. And like, we never really were like sleeping over there. Would I like make a point to like go over there? Like, Oh, let's go spend the night at your apartment tonight. Like that's cringy. Well, how, how long were y'all in the honeymoon phase? And like, what was the first red flag that came up for you? Man, I, the first red flag was when I was sitting on her patio and her ex, the 15-year relationship ex, I guess he was still fighting for her on the side and, you know, unbeknownst to me, of course, but I'm sitting on the patio and I see this guy walking around. I mean, there's like this, it's hard to explain for the the listeners, but I could see this guy walking for, you know, maybe five minutes around this track, around this pond that the patio can see. And I'm like, I could just tell the way he kept looking over at the patio. I'm like, this guy, you know how I am very aware. So I could see this guy keep looking over there. I could just feel his energy. And I, I asked her a couple of times and um, I'm like, do you know this guy? She's like, no, I don't know this guy or whatever. And, how uh, soon was this into the relationship? Oh, come in. This must have been three months. So y'all were official at that point? No, we weren't official for okay. man, like maybe six to eight months okay. into the relationship. You know. Okay. So you're dating and her ex shows up. Yeah, he pulls up on the patio and he's talking to her and everything. And uh, I had to like kind of ask him if if he was the ex and whatever. So anyways, long story short, that was the first thing. And then once I met her family and I saw how much domestic was going on within the family, um, you know, the mom and dad have been together since they were kids. And, uh, you know, he'd been to prison. And um, there was a lot of toxic family. A lot of toxic stuff. Uh, you know, the the 
she had a sister and a brother and the brother had fought the dad multiple times. I, I've actually seen it there, like at a family function. Super healthy. Yeah, it's too much liquor going around, you know, shit like that. Next thing you know, shit starts getting brought up and next thing you know, they're bumping chest. It's insane. Um, the sister would get in there too. The sister had fought, you know, her baby daddy a bunch of times, has a bunch of domestic battery charges and they've been, they've been, her and her ex have been in jail a bunch of times over fighting each other. It's just crazy. And I've never been around a family like that or anything like that. My family on both sides or anybody I've ever been with has been a very close, tight knit family that's been very healthy. So I had never been around like when I first saw like the son fight the dad i was like jesus like this is insane like, I, I could never fight my dad yeah. you know regardless if i could win or not like that's just not even a fucking option for me that's insane i know one of the things that you've mentioned when we've talked about the relationship is like part of what attracted you to her was the fact that she was a latina and you that was like something you wanted to pursue can you talk about that and why yeah i um i've always kind of like sought that out and um my first like actual legitimate girlfriend that i had like in middle school she was like one of the few puerto ricans in my hometown and i didn't get with her because of that it just ha happened to work out that way but i got to meet her mom and everything and it was like i don't know like that kind of i've always been very close to my puerto rican side and then that kind of gave me a glimpse into what it would be like to be with somebody that was from that. And then being from a small town where I was from, there was like such a rare thing. Um, and then obviously when I got to Florida, I was just like, you know, it's Latino or bust, like a lat <laughs> Latina, not Latina, Latina, but yeah, Latina or bust. And I, I don't know. It's just something about the, the way that they, the way that they love and the way that they, curate their love you know like the, and the way that they show it too it's it's more of i don't know it's just something that i'm attracted to i don't know if it's genetic or what it is but um it's always something i've leaned into it's always something i sought out you know it's always been something i've been attracted to that's what turns me on the most you know um all women are pretty all demographics are are are, are gorgeous you know i i it doesn't matter what shape or color i mean i I see beautiful, I see beautiful women all the time, you know? Um, but, but for me, like what really kind of gets me with that. So I guess that's what kind of like gave me so much leeway and patience with her and let her kind of do what she did to me and have so much tolerance for it was just based on the fact that like, maybe this is kind of like what this is. Mm, you know? Okay. I don't so know. You were like, maybe this is just what being with a Latina looks like. Yeah, Families I mean, fight each other, stories, people you know. go to prison. I'll tell you right now, uh, none of that's in my family. Oh, okay? She'll cut you. Yeah, that, I've never, I've never witnessed that level of uh, fucking stereotypical toxicity with my own family and extended family. Yeah, we've got our, you know, issues and. But that's not typical behavior for. <laughs> it shouldn't be typical behavior for any. Yeah, that city like cityhood rat behavior. Yeah, it's wild. And uh, they were very okay. nice people, but just got a lot of issues. God. It sounds like. Yeah, they were very nice, very hospitable. Like they were very always very loving to me, and I I never <clears throat> had anybody try to like fight me or come towards me or anything. It was always. I always felt like I was part of the family, but yeah. when shit popped off, you're just like, holy fuck. Let me stay out. I don't know if I want to be part of this. 
So, okay, so you see that first, like, red flag of, like, oh, wow, her family's toxic as fuck, but that's not enough to turn you off. So why? And then what, you know, what else did you discover? Yeah. um, So she was an alcoholic as well. And that, um, based on that and with the COVID and stuff like that, I mean, obviously throughout my 20s, I mean, not obviously, but throughout my 20s, doing the business and stuff like that, I, I never was a partier. I never was like a drinker or anything like that. And then COVID hit, obviously I'm kind of fresh into being single. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm kind of getting into drinking a little bit. And um, I, I don't know. Um I don't want to get into it too much, but at the end of the day, when we would drink together past a certain point, that's when a certain side of her would come out. And, um, that certain side of her did not like the passive version that I would become when I would get drunk. Right. I would be like, I'm not really trying to, you know, yeah, I'd rather just kind of chill and like listen to music or something like that. You know, I don't really want to get all worked up or whatever, but she was very into the drama and stuff like that. So I don't know. Um, but there was, there was, was there underlying conditions for that were potentially contributing to this for what, for her, like the things I was doing. No, wasn't she bipolar? Oh no. She dealt with like insane, um, like depression and anxiety and she okay. was on like Klonopin and stuff like so that. So she was also battling mental health issues while drinking and being on meds. Yeah. Well, she would drink while on the meds. That oh, was Jesus. like the whole thing. That was like the whole thing. It was like, I get this like little Klonopin on, you know, drink a couple of glasses of wine, sometimes a bottle or two. And then, you know, she'd be like black. You could see like the thousand yard gaze in her, in her face. You know, she's like, you could tell she's spaced out. And then like the next day she wouldn't remember anything either. So how far into the relationship did you find out that she was like on medication for anxiety and depression? Once we moved in. Okay. And how did you find out? Did you just Um, discover the pills or did she tell you? Yeah, there was a bag, like a Publix bag, and it had like a dozen of these prescription bottles in it of all these Klonopins in there. And I'm like, what the, and a lot of it was like expired and stuff too. I'm like, what's going on with this? She's like, well, that's what they give me, but I don't really take it. And she's like, when I take it, it's, you know, she's only taking it for a good time. She wasn't taking it like every day, like she was supposed to, or whatever the case might've been. She was taking it for like when she went out, you know, she's like oh. taking it to drink on it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's safe to say she had substance abuse issues. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. Okay. That wasn't a red flag. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into my patience at this point, right? Like, we're getting into my thing of like, well, and I mean, she was a good person, though. Like, I know these these labels and stuff like that kind of make her sound like a piece of shit. But at the time, I mean, she was she was very nice. She was very sweet. We had a good time. And, you know, it was it was fun. So it wasn't like, and none of it was really affecting me at the point at this point, Mm. you know? So it was like, okay, this is just kind of like what comes Mm -hmm. with it. And up until this point, she's kind of managed it pretty well. So I don't know. I can't really throw any judgment or like, let it change the taste of my mouth. You know? Okay. So you said once she was like past a certain point, then shit would go left. What did that actually look like? She would just like, she would just like accuse me of she would accuse me of like getting attention or like 
um, I had a lot of neighbors at my apartment and I would let people in, into my place and we would have, you know, we would hang out and whatever. And she would get upset about that, whether it was male or female. And she'd be like, man, why don't you just let anybody in your house? Like she was very possessive already, you know, didn't really want people to have my attention. So, um, head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. So she was trying to isolate you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I mean, and she you were like, no, no. Yeah, I really wasn't really into that. I kind of saw that at the beginning a little bit, um, but I just kind of fought past that because I felt like I knew she didn't really have a friend circle. So maybe that she was mm-hmm. just kind of like insecure yeah something like that and i'd try to get her plugged in or whatever but i had a few of of my neighbors and friends like would be like why are you like with this girl like she's kind of crazy or whatever I'm like i don't even know i'm not even see that side so yeah okay so things continue to progress what's the next like oh fuck situation oh man um well she had been around my family a few times and uh I, her and she, she would, she got, she got drunk and she had like a, a crazy conversation with my mother one time. And Ooh. yeah. And it was, um, a lot of like weird false accusations and stuff like that enough to the point where my mom had to like ask me about it and be like, this doesn't even like really sound like you. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening or whatever, but you know, and she had already given me a few warnings before. You know, she had already. Who's she? My mom. That she was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, she was kind of just like, she wasn't very flagrant about it, but just because she didn't really want, she, I guess she didn't know how I would handle, mm-hmm. you know, her kind of like bashing the person I'm with, right? Yeah, I think parents always have a hesitation about like, saying stuff because they are afraid that like you're going to pick this person over them and it's just like how do you deal with that right when there's like love on both sides right so um but anyways yeah i mean there was a there was there was definitely a few things um 
but but that was that was probably the the, the hardest thing for me. Um, and then I started to mentally check out, emotionally check out at, at that point, you know, and uh, just because your mom was like, it was just more of like, just the person that she would become. And I started to see that person come out a lot, e a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that she would just come out, I would come home from work, and she was already there. And I'm like, damn, I'm like, you've already, you've only been home for two hours without me. And you're already here. Like, I don't even get to talk to you, you know, like yeah, you're, you're already like just drunk out of your mind. Yeah, like, man. Like shit. if you want to do that, like let's let like let's let's get there together. Like don't Did she get violent? She got violent a couple of times, but it was when she was super gone. Okay. I mean like trying to like get her in the Uber to like come home or something like while we're out. And that's when she would be like, get your fucking hands off of me or whatever, you know, like be freaking out and shit like that. So um but I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, she was very toxic in a lot of ways. And uh, it was a lesson that I learned. I mean, it's one of those L's that you have to take on the chin, you know, and, and it's also an experience you have to go through. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like I wasted 10 years or 15 years on this person to figure out these things. It was only two, two and a half years. So I, at least I got to figure it out short, quick and sweet, I guess. Um, I don't know. I want to ask before, like, do you want to go into like why y'all broke up? No, not really. Okay. Yeah. How can we wrap the up that story though? I think let's at least put a bow on it. Like, you know, I just ended up getting to a place where like I couldn't tolerate her abusive behavior anymore, and so I had to just walk away. And right. You know, so we could do that. Okay. So, what was you know the final straw for you? Yeah, the final straw, like the pivot point for me was just the pattern of of the toxicity, you know, and um just like verbal abuse and verbal abuse confrontation. And that and just like, you know, painting me into somebody that I wasn't, you know, yeah. like and 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 it sucked for me because I never wanted to have to defend myself over some false accusations or whatever you know and and it was really crazy because she was so back and forth that like you know going to bed she would be in you know in this zone and then in the morning i would wake up with like this anxiety and like ready to defend myself again and she'd be like hey you know you want breakfast or whatever yeah and i'm like you don't fucking remember so I mean, one minute you're like a piece of shit who's like treating her like shit and you're the devil and then the next moment it's like that's definitely um when we think about like the pattern of narcissism it's almost like she was it almost sounds like gaslighting right where she's, where she's like this pills. never happened i don't know what you're talking about i never said that or like whatever and Obviously, the fact that she's like under the influence of shit doesn't help because mm -hmm. it's like she legitimately doesn't remember. No, but you experience what you experience, and it's almost just like you're probably looking at her like, "Who the fuck are you?" And like, "Where am I?" I mean, there was there were so many situations. I mean, I I had to film her a few times. Wow. Yeah, just to be able to like show her like what she was doing. Damn. You know? So like the next day I had to be like, look, like you need to see what we were having a conversation about. And I would like set my phone up and I'd be like literally talking to my phone. Like, you see, I'm setting this up. It's 1221. Let's see. And then she'd be just over there rambling around and like kind of like bobbing and weaving on the couch and just faded, you know, mm -hmm. and you're just like, oh. and then she would like get like 30 seconds of the video and like turn that shit off. I don't want to say wow. that shit. 
I mean, I wouldn't want to see it either. Yeah. So it's but like, it's almost yeah. like you needed that to like just confirm that you're not crazy. I, that you're like actually experiencing this. Yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah, at the point, <laughs> I'm like, damn, am I doing things that I don't, I don't know? What am I doing? I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm not calling her fat. I don't know what the fuck is that. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know what I'm doing. So you decide like, okay, I'm done. And what, you move out or like how does this whole thing end? So she moves up with her parents okay. and, uh, you know, I have to maintain the apartment. Obviously it's more than I can afford, you know, by myself and stuff like that. So I had to kind of cycle myself out of the lease, but you know, um, man, that was a whole experience in itself too, because, you know, she still had a key to the apartment. So mm. she would pull up random times and I, I you know, Wait, so y'all broke up like a couple months before oh, several months, you actually moved out. Yeah. Well, but she left and you were still in the apartment. Yeah, she left with like some of her stuff. And she would roll up loose randomly, yeah. even though like y'all weren't together. Yeah, like all the furniture and stuff like that was mine, but like mm-hmm. she had like clothes and like doodads or whatever. So when she showed up at your apartment, like what was the intention? She was trying to get back together? Oh man, she'd be showing up for all kinds of shit. She's showing up to see if I got stuff at the house. Like if I got people at the house, she would show up just to like, I mean, I guess. To see if you're cheating, even though you're not together? She was doing that, but even though we weren't together, she was just like trying to show up and just trying to like ruin it. Like she, oh. would, she would just try to be like, "I can't wait to catch you with a bitch here because you know I'm gonna tell oh you know I'm gonna tell that you still fucking love me and all this shit or whatever." So I was like, "Obviously, I can't do that." And then, um, you know, she'd be showing up, you know, trying to reconcile. Yeah. Oh my god, all the time, constantly. You know, I fucking love you. Like, let's fucking do this shit, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my god, like this is. I don't even want it in this state. Like, I don't even know what the fuck's <laughs> happening. You know, like you're not even. You're literally the person that's caused all this. Like, because you're so intoxicated, you're 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 literally the same person. It's almost like being possessed. Yeah. You're the same person that that fabricated all this shit and like made it made me to feel like I feel. And then now you're coming back around, and like. Oh my god! Like, I love you. I fucking miss you. Like, fuck. yeah. And I'm like, oh no, this is not it. God. Okay. So eventually, you move out. You get. You start over. You download she moved, Hinge. She moved out. <laughs> she moved out. I get out of the. I get out of the place. I get into where I'm at now. Uh-huh. And uh, throughout that transition, is yeah, I was like, let me get back in the dating pool and let me see. And it was all shouts out to my friends, honestly, like because I was like kind of turned off. I wanted to. I was gonna say, I'm like, how the fuck did you like even give yourself permission to date after that trauma? I wanted a year to myself. I I said I was gonna wait a year, and by six months, I was just like, I think because the holidays rolled around, I was lonely as fuck. Yeah, I get lonely too. Like honestly, it doesn't even have anything to do with the nut. Like I, I'm cool with Pornhub. I'm fine. Like I really don't, you know. But it's like I need the companionship. I need a heartbeat. I need to smell on some skin. <laughs> Y'all, when you see us together, you see he just randomly comes up to me and fucking smells me. I'm just like, mm. what is this? It's the I'm here for it. It's so good. <laughs> There's something about it. So it's funny because um we broke up with our respective exes like around the same time. And uh What if they were together? God, they fucking deserve each other. They'd be so perfect for each other. It's like I'm convinced that we live in a matrix. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I look. <coughs> we wish them the best and hope that uh, they learn from their shit. But at the end of the day, I'm like, you know, been there, done that, move on. Yeah, no I, I certainly hope that you're not 
focus on your phone texting one day and walk out in front of a bus. I don't want you to do that. Please don't do that. No. Take your eyes off that phone. Yeah, we'll, we'll pray, pray for you. Um, <laughs> Take your eyes off that phone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, okay. So I think it's fair to say that we've had our fair share of toxic and just like not healthy relationships, not necessarily like always, you know, super traumatic, but definitely not the greatest, right? And I think that's probably the reason why we ended up finding each other. Because at that point, we had enough experience of like what we didn't want that we started to think about like what we did. What are your what are your top three toxic traits from your past relationships that you carried into our relationship oh, that you God. looked for like against though? You know what I mean? Oh, so like what are the three like red flags that I was like, I'm not entertaining this again? Yeah. Okay, first of all, can't be a narcissist. Okay. <laughs> Second of all, I don't want him having like any fucking attachment to the nightlife, like this, you know, clubbing and all that shit. And third, um, I need him to be like very emotionally intelligent, like able to communicate. That was my thing. I think when I, if I had to boil it down to one word, I'm like, I want to feel safe in my next relationship. Mm. And I, I don't even know how to like fully explain what that means because it's a feeling just like. I was so used to being under attack. I felt like I was literally like under attack um, emotionally. Like I never felt really comfortable at home. I didn't want to really be here. I got consumed with my business and work as just like a coping mechanism because I was just later realized that like I was um, suffering from PTSD. You know, after the first cheating incident, I was literally just like under constant um attack emotionally like just with my thoughts and the paranoia even self-inflicted yeah. to happen um my blood pressure was chronically high like my doctors were ready to put me on meds i gained like 60 pounds from like drinking and just like overeating and looking for whatever way i could fucking cope with just like the stress um so one thing that i noticed after we started dating in earnest <laughs> is that I felt, yes, I felt exhausted for the first couple of weeks. And I later came to understand that like, that was my body's way of coming out of that hyper vigilance. Zooming that shit. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, I got to sit down and like, y'all, she almost, she almost self-sabotaged her way out of this entire thing. <laughs> She literally almost let that demon win. Yeah, we're going to talk about that in the next episode. Yes, but, we are. Um, yeah, yeah, I just knew I needed to feel safe. I got you. <sighs> and I do. Ooh. Okay. What about you? Did you have like a list of like, she must fit this box next time or she can't be this? Um, I guess I did, but like kind of like subconsciously right okay. so i i never really like went into it like my biggest things were like energy and vibe right i i wanted the conversation to be there i wanted it to be effortless i wanted it to be i wanted someone i wanted the person that i ended up with to be my best friend mm -hmm. so you never experienced that in the past or um only in the sense of the fact that that's who i spent most of my time with okay you know what i mean so it was like you're the default option, not that like yeah. you're actually a very intellectually stimulating person and I want to be around you just for Yeah, time. like I'm not just sending you random fucking like memes. Memes and shit. Yeah, it's not we're having like real conversations. We're not connecting on that shit, you know. Yeah. So um I remember when like we first met 
I think that's the thing that stood out to both of us. It's just like how easily we were able to just talk like we knew each other already. And like we had very emotionally in-depth conversations like very early on, like 5 a.m. fucking phone calls, like, you know. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I remember. Those are the 5 a.m. shenanigans. Yeah, it's just like, you know, we get on the phone at midnight. We're talking until 5 o'clock in the morning. We're just having, like, all kinds of conversations about life and our thoughts and family and history and fucking goals in life. And I was just like, why does this feel so different? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess (coughs) – excuse me. (coughs) So emotionally stable would be a must. Yeah, like my number one. Sorry. So my number one would be emotionally stable. And um, I know that's a very broad, broad term, but it just means like you are who you are, no matter like what you're going through. I I, I need to be able to see, I I need to, I need to be able to know that, that you're your core person. Right. I need to be able to know who I'm talking to, no matter what's going on. If there's a mass shooter in the bank, I need to be able to look at you in your eyes and be like, look, let me talk to you and let you comprehend like what's happening right now, because we need what I, we need to be able to have this connection and to be able to know what I'm thinking, what I'm going to do, what I need you to do, whatever, and vice versa. Well, when I hear emotionally stable, I also think of just like someone who's actually capable of communicating their emotions in a way that's not conflict or angry and reciprocating yeah yeah it's just like hey i'm upset this is why this is what i need from you right not like motherfucker right yeah so emotionally available right and um not possessive like not overly possessive i mean everybody wants to feel cared for and stuff like that and then i think the third thing would just be I don't know what the term would be, but like the people I've been with have always tried to rush or like try to get to the end goal right away. Right. And it's like, I wish that they would just understand that if they have my attention and we are together, then I'm there for the long haul. So it's like, you already have it. So let's just let's just get there together versus like why do we have to be on like an arbitrary timeline that society has dictated that you've been together x amount of time so now this is the next step blah 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 yeah and it's like i mean of course like i i i love you to death like let's like let's get married let's have babies like whatever but like let that shit happen you know like let's not do that in such a rush because it's almost it almost feels like they're trying to do that to like kind of like take you off the market you know you hear guys do that all the time like i want to get this girl pregnant i i hear i've heard guy friends my entire life say that oh well you know you that's when you get a baby out of and all that dumb shit and i'm like what are you talking about if you want to you want to bring life into this world and then you also want to like use it as a fucking ball ruin this woman's life too like and like all because of what because she has like a nice body you want to you want to take it like it's insane so i think for women it that pressure comes obviously from society but it also comes biologically right because it's just like our biological clocks are real and like at some point if you're like waiting you're put here to a man to like pop out a baby you're put here to make babies so well i wouldn't say that but like there's a desire for people genetically that's something that we're capable of and that's something that you know people want to do shout out to you i think that's one thing that I've always been like very up in the air about. So it was never priority 
for me to find a partner that was like about that life. I think I actually have approached it. Like I would love to find somebody who that's very much like a, if it happens, great, but it's not on my goals list of life. And I think that's one of the things that we connected on super early. I remember telling you that, like, and I think your direct response was like, I fuck with you. I do fuck with you. <laughs> I think at a certain point I'm going to have to start swinging, <laughs> trying to go hard, but I think I do fuck with it. I do. But eventually I'm going to be like, oh. You want to pop out a baby? You never know. I, you don't ever know. And I'm going to be like very vulnerable in saying this right now, but I think a big reason why I felt like that is because of who I was with. Like this man's a trash person. So he's going to be a trash never father. turned on that motherly thing. No, never. Yeah. I was just like, oh God, I don't want to be fucking tied to I'm this. Like to, even subconsciously I was like. I'm trying to tap into that energy. Um, I've definitely had a change of heart Ooh. with you. You hear that folks? We've already, and we've already I've, tapped in. I've told people this and they're just like, bitch. Ooh. What? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, you got to look at Rao and, you know, Rao and Rosalia. Yeah. I mean, the right love will have you like just picturing a future. Whereas the wrong love will have you fucking just surviving. Next. And I think that's where I'm realizing like, oh, wow, like I actually want a future with this man. Mm. And I'm open to whatever that looks like versus like, I'm just trying to fucking survive this shit. Damn. Mm -hmm. And if I ever push you to the point where you feel like you're trying to survive this, then that probably means I'm in the same boat. Mm. So let's have a conversation. Yeah, let's have a conversation before that happens. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't get there overnight. That's like that's the death by a thousand cuts analogy where it's just like shit piles on and piles on and you're just like checking out. I think at least for me. I think because I give so many chances, but I once I've reached that fucking limit, I'm done. I think a big thing for us too is that we live each other's company a lot. Like we we spend a lot of time together as far as like <clears throat> like emotionally connected time. Yeah. You know, we cuddle in bed, we sleep together. Um, we, you know, spoon, always talking we spoon together stuff. when we sleep. I mean, we have, you know, pillow talk before and after sessions and all that stuff. So, yeah, I just like talking to you. Like, <coughs> yeah, that pillow. You just like being with somebody, right? Like, you just, when you're, you just genuinely enjoy somebody's company, like, it never feels forced and it never feels like, We'd run out of things to talk about. Yeah, and it's like the most random things too. Yeah, and it is the most random, and you make me fucking laugh, which is one of my love languages. Oh my god, I think that's the key to any woman's hardest laughter, though. It depends. Some women, I think, are turned off by men who like just don't take themselves like as seriously. But I grew up in a household. My father is a fucking clown. Like my humor is like at other people's expense, though. Oh, so was my dad's. So my dad was always just like social commentary. He's like take you so serious. funny. It's <laughs> like, okay, so let me just, you look like Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. But the fact that it's funny means that it's true. Yeah. You and my dad have very similar styles of comedy. And I think that's one of the things I find endearing about you because it's just like, you encourage me not to take myself so seriously too. And I think for a long time, I was just always just like, oh, you know. Just being too fucking rigid. And I think you've helped me become more playful. Man, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love you. I love you. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. Did we just record another episode? I think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
right, we so are we are a couple days late, but that's just I, I have a hectic life. I have a very hectic work schedule. I work twelve hour shifts. It's insane. And you're running an Airbnb business. Shout out to you. Uh, and you're just like doing a whole lot of shit. We're doing a whole lot of shit in life. We're Excellent. you know starting this project, and um, we appreciate all the awesome feedback that we've gotten from you guys on our first episode. What I want y'all to do because so many like DMs and shit. Like yeah, shout out to you guys need, for actually doing that. Like that, I fuck with more that. DMs. Shout out to you guys who've been sending us. I've gotten text messages. I've gotten DMs. Um, we definitely want to like talk about your relationship stuff on the show too, because you know it's one thing for us to dive into our own story, but I think part of what is so powerful about podcasting is the community that you build around it. And the more that we can learn from each other's lessons, I think the more value that, um, you know, you'll get out of this show. So definitely send us an email at corazonchroniclespod at gmail.com, or you can find us actually, no, send us an email at corazonchroniclespodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM us on Instagram at corazonchroniclespod. Make sure you follow us and make sure that you're subscribing to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Even if it's late, you'll still find out. Hell yeah. And we're literally just getting started. So this is going to be so fun. I can't wait till we have like other couples and stuff like that. Oh my God. I can't wait. Y'all, we're going to be bringing you some like crazy ass, juicy ass relationship stories like you have no idea i'm so excited oh shit (laughs) (laughs) let's go all right so let's do a final takeaway so what do you think is the one lesson that you want folks to take away from our conversation as with regards to like toxicity and relationships anything that i think for me my biggest takeaway is if you notice a pattern you need to take a step back Right. Like if you have a pattern of behavior that you're tolerating in a relationship, it's going to require some self-reflection for you to be like, why do I continue to attract this? What is it about my personality that is bringing these people into my life? Why am I tolerating these things? Um, And a lot of what has helped me heal is honestly like personal development work, listening to podcasts about relationships, finding out about, you know, things like attachment style and um, therapy. You know, like talking about your fucking childhood, like so much of that shit is tied in. Um, and if you don't do that inner work, like you're just going to continue to perpetuate the same shit. So take breaks, y'all, especially if you're going through a breakup right now, you're like transitioning, take some fucking time for yourself. Uh, I think that's always been like really productive for me. How about you? Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think that, um, my keynotes out of everything that we talked about um, would just be like, you know, value your past relationships, no matter how hard that is. And that's a very hard thing to do. It's very hard. Like, you know, you heard me a couple of times throughout this episode. I was like, and there's the animosity and like, you know, there's like the tone. You can tell the tone changes a little bit and that doesn't just come across, like doesn't reflect in your voice. It reflects in the voice in your head as well too and how you reflect on the situation. So um, it doesn't, I don't mean, you know, look back on the relationship and glorify it or whatever, but just kind of treat it as its own entity, right? It's, it's its own soul. It's its own living thing. And there were good parts. There were bad parts. And um, as just like any other adult would do with any other situation, jobs or whatever. Um, yeah, you just, you learn your lessons and, and you, you move on and you try to better yourself for the next person. 
And um, you just hope that that other person is doing the same thing and you guys kind of meet somewhere in the middle. And eventually that's going to be a beautiful thing because you guys are both going to know what you've been through. You're going to know what you want and you guys are going to do everything you can in your power to sacrifice certain things to curate that. And that's a very beautiful thing. And that's exactly what love is. Welcome. Yeah, what healthy love is. Welcome to the Carter Zone Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much fun. Thank babe. you guys so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Make sure you tune in and make sure you share this podcast with other people that you think would get value out of it. Uh, we want as many folks listening to this as possible. So thanks for being here. All right, guys. We will see you next week. <laughs>